Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Tidal Effects, Grey Tide in the East, Book 2, written by Andrew J. Heller. An Alternative History to the Outcome of World War I Following the events described in Grey Tide in the East, in which Kaiser Wilhelm made the decision to cancel the scheduled invasion of Belgium and to send his armies east against Russia, Germany has emerged from the ensuing conflict as a dominant power in the world. Britain and the United States have not yet been involved in war with Germany, and the Austro-Hungarian Empire is as yet intact. Tidal Effects is an alternative history, following two major scenarios occurring in 1923 after the end of the Great European War. Firstly, U.S. intelligence has reported the likelihood that a major naval base is being constructed by Germany in the former French colony of Martinique. This, of course, would be intolerable, being so close to the coast of the USA, and diplomacy alone seems unlikely to resolve the issue. Secondly, Emperor Charles, Karl, the first of Austria, is facing unrest within the empire, and worse, the persistent involvement of Germany in his affairs. The only way forward is to form an alliance with other powers not yet under Germany's influence, but with Austria's political and diplomatic infrastructure riddled with German agents and sympathizers. Any such plan would be sabotaged before it started. He needs to find someone who can meet with the heads of state without arousing suspicion someone sympathetic to those opposing Germany's expansionist plans, and yet someone whose high-level meetings will not alert Germany to his true mission. There is just one man who might be able to do it. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Tidal Effects. High Tide Chapter 1 Washington, D.C. April 12, 1923 Rear Admiral William Sims read the memorandum again as he waited for the officer he had summoned to arrive at his office. This, the ninth or possibly tenth review of the note, was quite unnecessary, as Sims had memorized its contents, but he found that each rereading stimulated further speculations about the future, a future which he strongly suspected would bring, in the words of the old Chinese curse, interesting times. The chief of naval intelligence stroked the neatly trimmed white fringe of beard that decorated his narrow chin as he considered the implications of the State Department memorandum. Leaving aside the whole issue of the Monroe Doctrine, he considered it extremely likely that the British would go berserk if they suspected that Imperial Germany was... His train of thought was derailed by a buzz from his intercom. Lieutenant Commander Spruance is here, but I don't see his name in the appointment book. Shall I send him away? the tinny-sounding voice of his secretary asked as it emerged from the speaker. Not for the first time, Sims considered firing his old harridan of a secretary receptionist. If it were not for the fact that Hilda Davies was the fastest typist and most efficient shorthand scribe in the Navy Department, he would have sacked her a long time ago. He thought about reminding Hilda that she had personally placed Sims' call ordering Spruance to report to his office immediately— and asking if that did not imply he wanted to see the man right away, and then he shook his head, trying to get such a woman to understand that there were times to vary from routine was as pointless as attempting to teach a mule the Tennessee waltz. 
Both were simply unsuited to the task by nature. Sims was not aware of the low growling noise he was making as he pushed the intercom button and barked, No, Miss Davies, send him in to me. A moment later, the door to the inner office opened, and Lieutenant Commander Raymond Spruance entered, his hat tucked under his left arm. He was of unexceptional appearance, with a medium build and height, dark brown hair and brown eyes. But there was something about him, a certain air that suggested hidden qualities, not the least of which was a profound intelligence. Sims believed him to be one of the most promising officers in the entire Navy. "'Have a seat, Ray,' Sims said, returning the other man's salute and motioning him to a chair. "'How was the work coming in your section?' Spruance was assigned to analyzing new weapons being developed by potential rival navies. After giving the Admiral's question due consideration, Spruance answered, "'We're not getting either the quality or quantity of information we need, sir. For example, I would like to have more hard numbers on the range of the new Japanese torpedo instead of rumors.' Also, we still don't know if that new hull the Germans are laying down is intended to be a battle cruiser or an aircraft carrier, and... Sims nodded. You're going to have to turn those problems over to somebody else for a while. I have a new assignment for you, if you're interested. Spruant sat up a little straighter at the words, new assignment. Ever since he had begun his tour of duty at Intelligence, he had made no secret of his desire to return to a shipboard assignment. His stint as CO of two destroyers first Dale and later Osborne, had been the high points of his career so far, and he would have gladly exchanged his desk in Washington for the bridge of a fighting ship again. He would even have settled for a billet as the executive officer on a cruiser, or better, on the new aircraft carrier Langley. "'If you're looking for a new ship, Ray, I'm afraid I'll have to disappoint you,' Sim said. "'We need you for intelligence work. You just told me you aren't satisfied with the information coming in from our agents. Well, neither am I. Today I was handed this memorandum under the endorsement of the Secretary of the Navy, but originated in State. He tapped the sheet that lay before him on his desk. The State Department wants to borrow a naval officer for an investigation. Spruance raised an eyebrow. The request was unusual, to say the least. The State Department surely had its own sources of information— and he had never heard of them asking for help from naval intelligence before. "'It's a small matter, really,' Sims continued. "'Secretary of State Wood wants somebody to take a trip down to Martinique to have a look around. That somebody should be intelligent, discreet, and a Navy man. Depending on what he finds, it might just mean war with the German Empire. So, are you interested?' "'War,' repeated the startled Spruance. Is the situation really that serious, sir? Sim's expression was stern. You tell me, he said. He produced a cardboard tube from which he slid a map. He unrolled the map on his desk, placing a paperweight on one end and a stapler on the other to keep it from curling back up. Our consul down in Wilhelmshaven, that's the capital of Martinique, used to be called Fort de France before the Germans took over, heard some scuttlebutt about a big new port facility being built at a little town called La Trinity, across the island from the capital. Sims jabbed the map with a finger to indicate the locations of the various places named. Now, the main harbour at Wilhelmshaven handles all the blue-water traffic for the island with ease. In fact, it has a lot more capacity than Martinique needs, because the French built it up a few years before the war with the idea of making it the major transshipment port for their Caribbean trade. 
So what reason would anybody have to develop another deep-water port on Martinique when the one already there can handle twice as much shipping as it actually gets? Spruance considered the question, his eyes narrowing slightly. Well, it doesn't sound like a commercial proposition, anyway, he said. That's what our man thought, too, Sims agreed. He made a few inquiries and confirmed that there is a big construction project underway at La Trinity. When he asked the German commercial attaché about it, he was told it was a project of the Hamburg-America line, who is building a modern base for the new Caribbean routes they were developing. Oddly enough, neither the commercial attaché nor Hamburg-America could provide any details. The consul, his name is Wells, by the way, wasn't satisfied with this explanation, so he went over to La Trinity to see what was going on for himself. The new facility is being built directly across the bay from the old town on the Caravel Peninsula. Interestingly enough, the Germans had put up fences obstructing the view from land, and even put some on rafts to keep it from being seen from the water. It sounds as if Hamburg America is nervous about what they're building back there or something, Spruance commented. Or something, Sims agreed grimly. The gate is guarded by a squad of armed men. Wells went over there, identified himself, and asked to be allowed to look around in his official capacity as the American consul. Let me guess, they declined to give him the nickel tour, Spruance said. Within ten minutes, a very excited flunky appeared at the gate to tell Wells that it was completely out of the question, because the company was not allowing any unauthorized persons inside until the facility was ready to open. Our consul was told in no uncertain terms not to come back, and furthermore, if he was found prying on the site again, the colonial governor would ask the State Department for his recall, Sims said. Now, what do you make of that? It seems like a strange way for a commercial shipping line to treat an official representative of the United States government, Spruance replied slowly. What sort of top-secret facility would Hamburg America be likely to have anyway? Now, if the Newport facility is not really a Hamburg America venture at all, but is actually being developed by a government, the German government, let's just say, Sims interjected. Spruance nodded his head and continued, and that government wanted to keep the facility a secret until it was completed before officially announcing it, so as to present a fait accompli to... To the United States, for example, Sims put in. Then I suppose there might be some sense in keeping the new facility under wraps, Spruance finished. But what could the Germans be building behind all those fences that they would need to keep secret, except... He trailed off. Yeah... Sims said. What other than a brand new base in the Western Hemisphere for the High Seas Fleet? Sims asked. And if that is what they're doing down in Martinique, we could be at war with Germany before the leaves fall. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Tidal Effects. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.